Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I was on Hobby Hotline last Saturday with John Newman and Jeff Denson, Deafness 45. We had a good chat and it goes on for an hour, but I just try to grab a, a few minutes that I think are things I haven't talked about yet out of all these daily episodes. So this is about the eBay authentication uh, process that they've announced that is going to add a little uh, friction to the process, but hopefully uh, save people a little bit. So thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Thanks, John. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, uh, listeners and uh, participants in the Hobby Hotline. Always a good time. So here it is. Authenticating things that are $750 or more. A little background on this, guys. It's automatic. There's no charge to the seller. So if your card sells for $750 or more, you have to sell, send the card rather than to the buyer. eBay will contact you, let you know the location to send it to. They will authenticate the card to be the genuine artifact. They will also check the description. They're not doing this to graded cards at this point, just raw cards, but they want to make sure the script, what you put in your auction post matches what the buyer would receive. If everything uh, is on the up and up. They will put it in what sounds like a mag type case with the CCG label to seal it uh, shut. And they in turn will send it to the buyer that it's it passed authentication, match the description. Here you go. Again, no additional charge to the seller, no charge to the buyer. I also read that they're starting with the $750 price level, but eventually once they get everything streamlined, they want to go to the $250. So anything you sell $250 or more will get the same uh, treatment. As you heard, it's done by CCG, which is a, uh, a derivative of uh, CSG grading. This is their authentication side of the house. The eBay did say it's free for now while they're working out the ropes themselves. But once they get it streamlined and, and working very smoothly, it appears that there is going to be a built-in charge for providing this uh, service. You can't opt out if your card or set whatever the item is sells for over that right now, 750. It's got to go uh, through the process. So is this good, bad? Everybody's right. It's good and bad <laughs> at the same time. And it's good and bad for a whole bunch of entities. First of all, for scammers, this can be good news. Because right. it tells them they can mess around all they want under $750. But above, yeah. they're going to get scrutiny. And all their fake uh, Jordan rookies need to be $749. <laughs> so uh, the scammers will learn how to play the system. And so it'll be bad for them, but it'll be good for them. And right. I hope they choke. Number two, this is good and bad for CSG. Because I I am positive that this service was shopped around to the other grading entities. And I doubt that CSG was the highest bidder. I bet they were the lowest bidder to say, hey, they want to put themselves on the map. They have potentially some capacity, but I bet this is not a moneymaker for them, but it does give them credibility that eBay chose them. But as we said, it may add to their backlog. They may not be having problems now, but they may be having problems if they get dumped a whole bunch of eBay stuff that's very low fee and, uh, and potentially problematic. Because it sounds like they have to grade the card without grading the card. So yeah. that's yeah. a little tricky. Okay, thirdly, I think this is good and bad for PWCC. I think this is eBay blinking a little bit with PWCC going off on their own and bringing some high-end online auction platform action, right. taking it away from eBay. 
And so what that meant is, and the PWCC has a vault and all that. So to me, this is eBay responding to that, that maybe some really good stuff left with PWCC. They want to give assurance that if you put it on eBay, there's still really good stuff on eBay and it's going to be fully authenticated and verified by by CSG. And then finally, this is good and bad for the average buyer. The average buyer ought to have the good news that there's more assurance that when they eventually get their card, and I don't think it's going to be any two-day deal, but they mm. say it's going to be two days, but eventually they're going to have more confidence that what they're going to get is the real deal. That's good, but like Jeff said, nobody likes for their card to take forever to get to them, and this is just adding another step. But again, anybody that submits themselves to this is probably going to be okay. The bad guys right. are going to go somewhere else. Right. Uh, in the meantime, you're going to be waiting longer for your good cards. So I think it's good and bad. And I think eBay is trying to respond and not just do what they've always done, but aggressively add security to their platform. Logan has a great comment, too. He said double shipping equals greater chance for loss or damage. That is true. eBay is huge, but Fanatics is on the scene now. They're huge also. What do they think about this? Because they want to bring a better customer experience to sports cards. Is this doing that? I think if Fanatics was addressing this problem, and they will be addressing this problem, they want collectors to be able to buy securely, not worry about whether they get something not authentic. We've talked about how Fanatics probably doesn't want to get into grading, but they probably want to get into authentication, which is what eBay's doing. And my guess is the Fanatics is looking at this and trying to figure out, hey, I don't, we don't like the way eBay's doing it. Apparently, it's something we need to worry about. The cards are out there that are expensive. Basically, what it's going to do, it's going to squeeze out more and more, as Starstock is finding out, ungraded better cards that they're having to somehow evaluate. And raw cards that are expensive are becoming more and more suspect. And so Fanatics is looking at that. Starstock is reevaluating their business model because, like I say, ungraded stuff that's expensive, a buyer beware. Right. Yep. According to the Card Ladder Index, football is up 161% over the last year. Oh. Baseball is 91 on the uptick, and basketball is only up 44% over the same time period. What to make of this? Just one of those things? Or is there a reason? Is there overproduction of the cards? Is money running out for people? Products at just about any Walmart, Target now, some type of product where we couldn't see anything anybody could unless they met the vendor in the back or wherever for many months. And now it's at our fingertips. We can go on, even like Mosaic Basketball, you can get the cello packs. And I think even Blasters, like even up to last week, they had them on there and they were still available. Usually that stuff's just gone. It's gone right away. You can't even buy it. There's a lot of different factors in there. It's interesting to me, though, that it's only 44% and we're in season. So I'm a football guy. That warms my heart on a yeah. personal level, 161%. Still quarterback driven, but we're starting to see wide receivers get some love. Jonathan Taylor, this year with the year he had, Derrick Henry has gotten some hobby love. So we're seeing sort of an uptick in football, which is good to see. I always thought it was too low. I'm biased. There's a complete and outrageous over-reliance on percentages in this industry. I, I love a lot of the things that Card Ladder does. This over-reliance on percentages is being meaningful that this percentage is higher than another. The best way to have a high percentage is start with a low base. For example, 
who were you picking for the Super Bowl? Well, clearly, year over year, the one with the biggest percentage increase is the Bengals. Okay, what's that got to do with whether they're going to win the game on Sunday evening? So it's what is the value of the card right now? What it used to be, what it's going to be, but the percentage just talks about what, whatever, six months ago, whatever the baseline is, and if it's gone up. Well, I don't necessarily want to be buying cards that have already gone up. I want to buy cards that are going to go up. And so right. it's too much reliance on percentages without looking at the historical basis. But I have seen analysis where if you look at the trend over more than just six months or a year, you can see an overall gradual uptick. But comparing sports, show me the best card in the best set for each sport and compare those. Compare Brady to Jordan to Acuna or whatever. Just take one player from each and see what it is. And when they have the same numbers of cards being produced in the same pop report, things like that, then look at those comparisons. But just purely percentages can be very misleading and people need to do more homework. Again, if it's gone up less, that makes me more interested than if it's gone up a whole lot, then it's right. maybe overripe. What matters is what the price is and what it's going to be. And the percentages so, can't tell you that. How much of an impact has Sir Zion Williamson made in that change? As he's not been active, he hasn't been playing. He was one of the big faces, names, the youngsters coming up. How much does that or doesn't that play into effect of that? There's, you really don't see anything about Zion anymore, right? The, the big Zion logo man card gets pulled at a real bad time, but which again, if he comes back and plays, would be great. You know what I mean? But how much of an impact of things like that? Jeff, part he, has, he has no impact if he is eliminated from the index. So as right. long as you can, not gerrymander, but as long as you can put together your index of the important cards, Zion was at the top of the heap, and now he's. it's a wait and see. And right. so that doesn't reflect the narrative of that that basketball is super hot because some people get injured and some people do not fulfill their whole potential and others do. So, you know, we're Jaws now in there That's coming insane. on strong. Yeah. And so as and long as you can, after the fact, put together this market basket, so that's that can be suspect. Even if yeah. your intentions are pure, it still can be suspect. Your thoughts on analytics in oh. the card space? There's different schools of thought and different personalities of people that want to buy what's hot and hope it continues to go up. But let's just take three cards, three hypothetical cards that five years ago, each one of these three different cards, three different players was, it was a hundred bucks. Okay. So you had a hundred dollar card, a hundred dollar card B, hundred dollar card C. Okay. Fast forward to now, five years later, one of those hundred dollar cards, the first one is now only worth 50 bucks. The second one is still worth a hundred bucks. The third one is now worth 200 bucks. Which one do you buy? And without any more information, most people in the hobby buy the one that is now $200 because it's trending up. Okay. On the other hand, there could be more of the story. My personality is such, I'm looking at the card that's a hundred bucks. That's still a hundred bucks. And I'm trying to evaluate, is this something that hasn't gone up yet? Is it a player that's out of favor? or just been ignored, but he's ready to make a move. And same thing with the card that was 100 and now is 50. It may be that the comps, they, it, it just never really got, there aren't enough people, there's not enough demand for the supply. So you have to look at it more than just the percentage of something that doubled, because maybe it's doubled and that's it. 
Whereas the other one could double and the other one could quadruple. If they were similar cards five years ago, I want to do the detective work and figure out why is it that they've gone in different directions. And that ought to be fun, John. That ought to look at maybe somebody got injured five years ago and fell out of favor and then, but now is healthy and now is going on to be an announcer or some other way they're in the public eye. So I just think it's more to it than just percentages. Collect what you want. Collect how you want to collect. Don't try to collect or buy things because someone else is buying them if that's not what you like or if that's not what you're in it for. Do what makes you happy. Do what keeps it fun. Do what keeps it creative and just stay on that, stay in that lane. Guys, what you're saying is right, but Jeff, people are collecting what they want to collect because it's what the cool kids collect. So they're liking what people tell them to like. And then you figure out, I must really like that because everybody's talking about it. So it is what they like because it's what everybody likes. They don't want to look stupid that they're collecting something that nobody else likes. So it's more complicated than that, that you think, oh, I'm just going to collect what I like. Yeah, but you're encouraged what to like based on what gets all the action. That was a great point. But not everybody has the money to buy what everybody's. That's what I'm getting at. So you got to get in your place. You got to be where you can be and you got to collect what you can, you know? Okay. Which is the reason why there's been a bidding up of base cards because the really expensive cards that are high demand, very low supply that make headlines. Most people cannot afford those. So they think, wait a minute, but I can at least afford a base card that are very mass produced. And so that's what they go for. And those have gotten bid up. And then a lot of what you're talking about with the card ladder, the volatility in the market is base cards with high pop. The man-